Hey everyone, you are listening to the Self-Awareness Journey Podcast. This little banter is about a car ride long and features your hosts, JJ Parker and Melissa Albers. JJ owns a tech company and Melissa has been a coach working with influencers for the last 18 years. Hey Melissa, I was digging through some stuff yeah. and I found the very first email exchange you and I have ever had. <laughs> wait, wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. It was August of 2014. Really? Oh no. Yeah. Oh, was I a shot? So, here's how here's how it went down. I sent an email because you and I have a, a mentor in common yes. named Don. Yeah. Right? Yep. And like, I didn't know you, but I knew Don. Right. And you didn't know me, but you knew Don. Yep. First email goes, hey, Melissa, your name's come up a few times as I've met with Don. I've been working on a 360 feedback for all our employees. It's <laughs> been a good experience. I love to get together and bounce some ideas. <laughs> I hacked together a computer app to customize and distribute surveys to all 35 of our employees. The app sets a circle of influence for each employee, and gathers four to eight responses. I'm wondering if you have come across a tool like that, right? Okay. Oh, <laughs> so no. then you go, hey, JJ, thanks for reaching out. How's next Tuesday look? I'm not quite sure if you are wanting some ideas on how to run 360s or need support in coaching, um, or actually how to affect change from the data you received. <laughs> oh, well, that would, those yeah. were good questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I go, uh, I wanted to discuss the market of doing 360s specifically for administering to entire organizations. Do you use any software tools? Do you think doing 360s company-wide is effective? Uh, where are there opportunities to automate the process with new software and approaches? Got it. And you go, Oh no. Oh, thanks no. for the clarification. Yes, I do many 360s. I'm a bit buried at the moment. Can we look at a date in September? <laughs> is that actually what I wrote? <laughs> that is actually what you wrote. Oh. <laughs> oh. So then I think at this point, I'm like, well, like, like this lady blew me off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like reading this now, like I'm feeling super uncomfortable because... I think probably what happened was now that I know you, like I could totally read what that email said. You were like, oh. hey, is there a startup in here somewhere? And but back yeah, then I though. wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> there's one last email. Oh no. After your last email, after your email, there's one last email from oh. you. Because oh. I pretty much dropped it. Okay. You go, okay, so my brain's been working a bit on your concept. I've changed my mind and I'm thinking that you might have something cool here. <laughs> And then we met for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so that's the start. Right there, that was the start. That was the start. So that was the start of Corology. Yes, right? it With was. this simple idea that maybe we can bring, you know, we started kind of at 360s, but yeah. we moved into coaching for everyone. Yes. And right? and for the listener's benefit, Corology was the startup that you and I then came to create and yep. had for a few years with some really cool things. Yeah. So so um, we've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. And uh, 
in the early podcasts, we didn't refer to Corology by name. We always said something like, oh, yeah, Melissa and I had a company together or, you know, we were very loose about it. Yeah. And on purpose and, for uh, me. Yeah. Right. And, and then a, a few months in, I just thought like, why are we not saying that company's name? It's like, it's like Voldemort in Harry Potter, like <laughs> thou shalt not name. He who must not be named. Yeah. Come on. The company, the company who shall not be named. Yeah. But, but what was causing us to do that? You know, I think this is like, this was a really big moment for me and you. Yeah. Um, that I think it's, it's great to talk through because um, it was really weird. Like I had trouble saying the name Corology for years after yeah. we shut it down. Right. I know. I, I think um, I, I did too. And I think that my reticence was based on feeling so bad that it didn't work because I so believed in it that mm -hmm. even though the experience was and remains to be one of the best experiences I've ever had in my professional life. I mean, I would actually say it's probably the number one best experience. Um, I still was carrying around some feelings that didn't really make sense to that. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about failure, right? We were even talking about, uh, couple of weeks back was International Failure Day. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Right. Where everybody, I don't think it's a very popular international day because no, no but in, in European, celebrating it. <laughs> in European countries, it's actually much bigger than here. Shocker. Yeah. Well, we should, we should promote it next year more. But yeah, so the idea, like, especially here, right, failure is, is not, a positive thing like oh you failed right. right and and what's interesting is we had this business idea mm -hmm. we um spent a lot of time on it oh my goodness we put Hours. everything we had into it we did we put money into it yep. we had investors into it yep. we had employees into it mm -hmm. right we had so much into it and then didn't work yeah you know it didn't work out like we like thought it would work out or right or visioned it would work out yep um so we feel like we felt like we missed the goal right mm -hmm. and we ended up having to shut it down right so financially it was a failure yep um we took it in the shorts <laughs> yeah but like to me there's so much good about that experience that it's hard to just measure it on that one mm -hmm. metric. Well, you know? I, I know just as you're thinking about it, I was thinking, why, why did we have such a strong feeling that it failed? Like, cause we didn't even talk about it. Like the, the two of us didn't even talk about it. And I think our partnership is one of the healthiest and most robust business partnerships that I've seen. And we still didn't really talk about our feelings around it. We really stayed connected in bringing everything to a close. Like we did all this stuff, but the perception that we had um, that it didn't work came from very specific expectations of what success looked like. I think mm -hmm. for me, that's what I've really learned over the years in reflection. Yeah. I, um, one, of, one of the most amazing things anyone has ever said to me Mm -hmm. was uh, when 
when it was clear that that we had to literally close the doors mm -hmm. right and and um yeah it wasn't going to work we had a meeting with um our biggest angel investor right mm -hmm. and we oh, had to yeah. tell him hey we got to shut down the company it's not going to make it yeah. like we're we're not going to make it um I remember at that meeting, I was so nervous. I know. I like dropped my phone. I know, you I broke your phone. Broke I was thinking that. You, you dropped your new iPhone and oh. shattered. <laughs> and um, we sat down and we, we told him, you know, the decision that we, that we made about the business. And he just looked at us and said, thank you for working so hard on this. Do you know what he I said? I thought that was like, the most gracious thing I've ever heard. But do you know what else he said? What I remember that he said right after that, he said, I'm really proud of you. Yeah. That's what he said. I'm really proud of you. And I think both of us were like on the verge of bursting into tears because oh, we had yeah. so much amped up emotion and we tried and worked so hard and we were so all in. And we were very, um, I don't want to say that we were scared of his reaction, but we were so disappointed that we would be disappointing him. Like we had the yeah. natural assumption that he was going to be very angry and disappointed. And he was yeah. nothing like that. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. But you're right. We had we assumed how he was going to be. Yep. Which caused us to just have a yep. really strong reaction. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, too, because the premise of that whole business was um, the premise that we believed at the core that everyone should have an opportunity to see themselves, mm -hmm. to understand themselves. And at that time, we were coming at it from the premise that the best way to do that would be as if everybody else weighed in to tell you what they thought of you. Yep. And... and um, and while that's not completely wrong, it's actually not completely well, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? So this is that one of the interesting things about that observation. That was our initial yes. idea. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. But we had kind of pivoted towards the end Yeah. to where we weren't doing the uh, peer feedback part anymore. We were doing some of the coaching that is just purely based on your own personality. Right, right. Remember, we are we at the end, we we're actually running tests on employee groups to see if we could get enough information about their self-awareness just by a single self-survey. Oh my gosh. You remember that? I, remember I that? hadn't, I didn't forget that. Again, work amnesia is, a, is real. That's real. Most um, and I have like the worst work amnesia. <laughs> of, I don't know. Maybe everyone else has it. Can't remember a single thing I did in the past. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. And, and we were super, super excited about that. And, and what happened is, is that that person would answer their own assessment about themselves. And, and it was a really quick a quick survey, like were there 10 like questions? five minutes. Yeah, I yeah, can't even really remember. Short. And it would put them into uh, a model that would use the top five personality traits. So like your level of assertiveness, your level of extroversion, you know, it would take those traits and based on your own responses, it pushed that person into a coaching um, 
I don't know what the phrase would like be. Model. Yeah. Uh, coaching, like, a, like a coaching. Uh, yeah. Curric- like a, a curriculum. What do we call it? Yeah. yeah. We send them weekly emails about. Yeah. For 10 weeks. Know. For 10 weeks, they received a really quick email that said, hey, your survey indicated that you feel that you're this. If you are, watch this brief video for an idea on how to work on yourself this week. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. We should dust this thing off. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, so as you know, obviously, as we talk about this, right? Yeah. Like we are starting, we're remembering all of these things that we did, right? Yeah. So like, uh, while this project did ultimately like financially fail, the successful parts were like absolutely amazing. Like, like you're going, you're kind of like starting to like bring up like some of the amazing work we did around self-awareness and coaching and things like that right and our our core ology you know, still, <laughs> yeah our core ology our, our our still present like desire to bring that to as many people as possible right exactly right? yes um the other thing that was amazing about coreology was the team oh i know i was just going to talk about right. that we had it was me and you we had uh, a couple of engineers, mm-hmm. John and John, yeah, who's absolutely amazing. Yes, um, Mary. I we had this team of people that were so supportive of each other. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. It was just like electric to be with that team. Yeah, yeah. Every every day was like new ideas, new work done. Yeah, um, is. It was really exciting. And we were in a, um, we were at Coco, which was a co-working space that was really geared a lot towards startups. So the energy of that space was also very much around growth and building and new ideas sparking everywhere. And then, you know, we also had a whole cast of characters that were supporting us from the outside in. We Mm -hmm. had a board of advisors. So we had two or three people that we felt really knew us and were um, very passionate and and a couple of them had done exactly that started with an idea built a software platform and made huge huge companies so we we had a whole bunch of stuff around that that were um, that was very exciting and very um, provoking yeah so as I think about like after Corology right I think one of the things that probably hit me most was you know, not that we lost some money and mm-hmm. things like that, but like the energy of that project went away. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like the creation of that had to stop. Right. Right. And I didn't have any control mm-hmm. or ability to keep it going. Yeah. Me either. Yes. That, that was, was really hard because like you said, we all believed in it so much mm-hmm. and to just see it have to stop right <laughs> because yeah. we had no money you know it i mean depressing. it had to stop because we had no money and we were out of energy but it was sad that that was the reason you know like yeah yeah and it was Draining. a couple of years so yep. working on a project for a couple of years that doesn't create what you expect uh, yeah what you expect is is it's hard to stay in that state for yep. a prolonged time right right but it is interesting because I think as you and I have started to talk more and more about Corology and the history of Corology and and how we got our start working together, 
um, it's not a very far jump to see why we're doing what we are today. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> it's a pretty it, quick you know, little hop over a very, very, right. very small puddle. <laughs> well, we are both fans of the Simon Sinek start with why yeah. stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like really know why you do what you do, right? Mm -hmm. And and uh, it's hard for people to, I think a lot of people, it's hard to get to a why, right? Yeah. Like why are you on the planet? Yeah. That's a heavy question. Yeah, what's your why? Yeah, what's your purpose here, right? Yeah. Why were you put on the planet? Um, but it's funny as I, that was, that's a hard, hard question. And, and, and for you and I, it's having this second project where we're working on the same thing, mm -hmm. I think brings your and my why closer to focus, right? Cause we're like, yeah. oh, here we are like at it again, not even on purpose. I mean, we kind of joke that we didn't make the podcast of the self-awareness journey on purpose, right? Right. But we kind of did. We kind of did. But like, we kind of did. But we kind of were just hanging out and talking and you're yeah. riffing on this idea. And we started riffing on the idea and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, um, I, oh, I, I wanted to just mention side note, if anybody's interested in who Simon Sinek is, his last name is S-I-N-E-K. And he originally started with a TED Talk that you can find uh, with millions of views. And it's a real, he's, he's very interesting just in terms of start with why. If you're in that place in your life and you're kind of curious about what your why is, he's a great person to check out. Um, but I also just want to bring back this idea that you brought up early in our discussion here, which is, you know, the relationship that we've had with a thing that we did, that the expectations were pretty specific, and we... Um, we it, the expectations did not work out the way that we expected that we would, and so we felt a, a degree of failure in that. And um, but I think that what we're really talking about is our own emotions and how your own perspective um, frames your sense of if you're doing a great thing or not, which mm. is bringing mm -hmm. back to the self-awareness journey, right? You're, how we have a certain mental perception of something. And because we have thought that for so long and believed that for so long, like we thought this model with Corology was it. We really were all in. We believed that. And we believed it so long, or we thought that so long that it became a really core belief. And then when it didn't work out the way that we had expected, wow, it just like was an undertow, right? It took us under, we felt bad, we we had to recover. There was a recovery period. Yeah, yeah. Um, you sat in a hammock for an entire summer. I, I literally sat in a hammock <laughs> and I had a beer every, most every day. Um, not, not often more than one beer and sometimes I couldn't finish one, but that's beside the point. I also listened to Jimmy Buffett. I sat in a hammock and listened to Jimmy Buffett for the entire summer in recovery. <laughs> 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 but I think what I, I guess what I'm getting at now though is, is as we talk about that and just sort of unfolding and, you know, peeling back some of these feelings, it's really interesting. I wonder how we would feel today if given the same set of circumstances. I wonder mm -hmm. if our awareness is such personally and 
you know, like, cause there were times when I knew certain things didn't feel right, but I was really just hell bent on pushing through no matter what. And, um, I yeah. didn't honor myself in a lot of situations because I was so hell bent on proving myself right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. There, there definitely were times where we were just trying to force this thing out into the market Yeah, when we, when a, when a, maybe a more centered or relaxed approach would have <laughs> yeah. been better. Well, it certainly would have given us opportunities to see what was and to see how our own interactions and our own feelings were um, trying to tell us, you know, trying to tell us some stuff in the process. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think it, there, there is, you know, in looking at it, did we create a business that flourished? No. Did we have great success in so many ways? We sure did. Yeah. And just yep. framing that emotionally as we think about building future stuff. Yep. Yeah. It, the, the, if you zoom out a little bit uh, and think about failure and think about, about things, like I once did a talk at my, uh, after I had graduated years out, like at my high school, like at the, uh, the graduation. I don't know why they invited me to do that. Cause <laughs> That's awesome. Must have been your they English had never teacher. Heard, yeah, right. They had never heard anything I spoke about before. And, like, uh, I think they wanted a, like, successful former student. What they got was a um, fairly opinionated college dropout. Um, but I <laughs> but what I got, what I, uh, what I told this graduating class was that they should go out and fail. Like, that they needed to remember how they were in kindergarten huh. and how they learned in kindergarten. Oh, that's and awesome. And the way you learn in kindergarten is like you just try stuff. Like you build a tower of blocks and then it falls over and then you learn how to build it a little better, right? <laughs> and true. learning as a kid, as a child, is like a great way to learn because you mostly learned by getting on your bike, skinning your knee, right? Yeah. And Trial and you error. didn't learn, you didn't make it through childhood by being successful all of the time. Like, <laughs> or, or just right? sitting back and theorizing about experiences rather than having them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so getting out there, trying things and having it not work and skinning your knee is the most powerful way to learn. It's like how everybody learns. Right. 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 So, we, but we as adults, for some reason, start to get into this mode where failure is not okay, right. right? We can't have a failure in our job. We're going right? to judge ourselves harshly. Yep. If we do, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be hard for us. Mm -hmm. um, and I just don't know where, when does that turn in someone's brain where it goes from a trial and error method of learning to a, like, I must always be perfect yeah. style of operating, yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. it's a really it's, interesting question. It's such an interesting question. And I think, too, especially as we talk about, you know, our, what is the expectation of self? And when we talk about, you know, the biggest, the top five triggers that people experience through the self-awareness journey I'm speaking of, um, one, of the, one of the triggers is fear that I'm either not good enough or I don't have enough. Mm -hmm. And that triggers so much emotion in people that spools people into all different directions. 
So it's one of the primary triggers, and that is such a good question, is where, who plants that? Who plants that trigger? Where does that happen? Yeah. Is it, maybe it's society. Maybe it's just how adults mature. I don't know. I think it, and I think too, like that. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it's, you know, your parents had their own failures and they never got over them and they want their kids to not have those. So they put a lot of that pressure and expectation on, on the generations down and it just continues to proliferate. Yeah. I, I, I remember whenever I would tell anybody that we shut down chorology, like the, the reaction was always like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, yeah. that's really too bad. Like, there you know, was a it's death. just like, a, mm-hmm. yeah, like someone died. Someone died. And, and I always kind of thought that was a funny reaction because it's like, well, if you just step back, right, it was a startup software company. <laughs> like, the likelihood that it was going to succeed was very, very low to begin with. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Less than <laughs> one stats, in 10. The stats on these things are not like. <laughs> Good, but but we I would have felt worse if we hadn't tried. Yeah. You know? Yes. The things that actually kind of haunt me or or the the things that stick in my head are are more often the things I didn't do than mm. the things I tried and failed at. Mm. Yes. You know. That's very very true. That and there's a whole lot of video floating around with chorology <laughs> <laughs> that might haunt us too someday because some of them are it was all mostly you on camera so i know that's you. what i mean i do remember <laughs> I one time on film- <laughs> i put it on youtube i do remember one time i had my hair in a ponytail and you were and you never say things that are like it's always funny when you give critical feedback as you will just deliver it like this is the way it is and i i did not feel good about how i looked at all i knew it wasn't going to be good and you looked at me and you said that ponytail is not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It cracks me up. I still laugh about that sometimes. <laughs> anyway, this has been such a good conversation, and I'm really glad that we've been able to sort of unpack chorology because we've actually never had this kind of conversation together about it, and I'm glad we were able to no. do it here. Yeah, that's that's a really that's a really fun thing about even this podcast is is that it kind of gives us an opportunity to sit down and talk about some things that maybe we just don't come up in like normal conversation. Yeah. 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 Or at least it forces us to deal with the things we don't want to talk about. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, it couldn't be that. That's for sure. It's not that (laughs) silly. (laughs) Well, I do think it's kind of interesting though. Like when in reflection, as we've been talking about, being aware of ourselves and having more awareness in the moment. I think that there's so many lessons in this story that really go hand in hand with the opportunity to understand our feelings about something, like have a feeling about something and just trace it back. Like, where does that come from? I mean, I think by us having this kind of conversation, it really helps us understand what are the primary feelings that we had around that Because you know what? As we continue to grow and build, we may start another 10 companies together. I'd Mm -hmm. much rather know what's behind those feelings so that they don't get carried through to the next stuff. Yep. So, I mean, I think it's really, I think it's really good. Yeah. And, you know, there's people will, will have failures, you know, they'll think of failures in lots of different ways, like little ones, big ones. I mean, companies, relationships, like all sorts of things. Right. Yeah. And, um, just remembering to kind of zoom out 
on some of those things, right? Yeah, and, and, and allow yourself to change the perspective just a little bit about why you yeah. think it's been a failure and what parts of it have been wildly good. Yep, yep. It, it, the, what's making you feel certain ways could just be the story that you've decided to put around it. We hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. Our mission is to help people become happier and more effective by gaining insight into their own thoughts and feelings. We'd love your support. First, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Second, leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast site. This helps others discover the podcast so we can reach more people. And third, sign up for our newsletter at theselfawarenessjourney.com. This will help us communicate better with you and build our community. Thank you so much for joining us in the self-awareness journey. We'll see you next week.